This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. to be here today. It's nice to see uh, so many of you here on this beautiful Sabbath. You know, I, I woke up this morning. How many of you heard, have ever heard Elder Marsh speak before? Elder Marsh, the, the ministerial director, he's spoken here at our church. Elder Marsh has a voice. Not only are his messages amazing, but he's got a voice that I covet because he speaks so low that you literally feel it in your bones when you're in the congregation. And, and I'll tell you, this morning I woke up um, because I, I had a, a challenging week this last week and um, yesterday I was up at 1 o'clock in the morning and I only got to bed until after 9 o'clock at night. And I woke up and I sounded like Pastor Marsh and I said, Lord, praise God, I've, I've got Elder Marsh's voice. But my regular voice is back, also by the power of God. So you're not going to hear Elder Marsh's voice through Robert Stevenson today. You're just going to hear my voice. And I pray that it's the Lord's message. But, but you know, before I start, how many of you are blessed by this praise service? Oh, Lord. And, and I will tell you to my brothers and sisters at home, I'm so glad you're watching. I'm so glad you're watching. But having watched the praise service at home and at church. It sounds so much better over here, doesn't it? It, sounds, you know, it doesn't matter how hard they work on the soundboard to make it sound perfect. Man, it's amazing in this building. Man, it's amazing. If you come back for no other reason, don't, don't come back to hear me preach. Just come back for no other reason but to hear that praise service. You'll be blessed. And, and that bass player, I, I know you can't see him because he's back behind everybody else. But he doesn't just plunk out one note at a time. He's all over that bass fretboard, all over the place. Just jamming the bass, brother. I love it. And, and the drummer, playing for Jesus back there, man. Just playing for Jesus. And then the keyboardists, just sneaking in that beautiful sound back in there just when we need it. You know, because the praise team reminds me of, you know, the Battle of Normandy. You know how the battleships lined up there and they just pummeled the beaches and softened them up so that the soldiers had a better chance of making it up and, and, and getting on the beaches. And they, they are the artillery opening our hearts so that the Lord's message can come in. I just praise God, praise God for them, friends. That's a powerful ministry. And you know, they got to practice. They don't just get up here Sabbath morning and say, okay, we're just going to sing. They work at it, guys. Let them know how amazing they are because they really fill our service. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord, please, today that nobody, nobody, nobody hears a sermon from Robert Stevenson today. I pray, Lord, that whatever words are spoken are from your throne today. 
this message touches and change hearts that we will not leave here the same people because we've heard your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get into the main part of our message today, I, I want to give you a little background because so many times as, as, as preachers get up and preach, we will focus on like one parable, just one parable, and we'll preach one parable. And it's great to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. However, to understand what was said just before something is said is just as important as understanding what the specific message was, right? The background. Okay, when you've got a spouse and they come home and they say, I'm so tired, I'm just so sick and tired, I just, I just, I just, I just got to go and hide somewhere. And you don't realize that they've just had a bad day at work, you know? You've got to understand where they came from and what they're dealing with. You've got to understand that. So we're going to start in Matthew 24 before we move to Matthew 25. Now, for those of you who have been studying these amazing Sabbath school lessons, or at least have been following these amazing Sabbath school lessons, you don't have to raise your hand. Or at least, listen, some weeks I get busy and I'm involved in my own personal Bible study that are different to the Sabbath school lessons, and I get and just listen to the amazing facts Sabbath school lesson in the morning online. So if you, if you even do that, listen to the amazing facts on your way to church. It takes about an hour and they unpack the Sabbath school lesson. I don't know how many of you have been as blessed as much as I have and I have committed myself to writing a letter thanking Elder Finley for putting those lessons together because they have challenged me. Challenged me. In Matthew 24, Jesus is reaching the end of his earthly ministry and he's talking about the signs of the end of the age that's what it says in my bible that's the 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 uh the heading over what jesus says and i'm just going to hit some of the highlights and it's interesting friends because if you read this it's almost like jesus before john even wrote the book of revelation was giving us the preamble to what the future was going to be told to john and so I'm just going to hit some of the highlights of so John 24, verse 9. At least Matthew 24, verse 9. Then you'll be handed over and be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. Now, friends, this isn't just happening to Seventh-day Adventists, right? If you're standing for what you believe as Christians today, we're being called bigots. Are you ready for that, friends? Are you ready? Jesus is warning his people. And then if you go to verse 12, because of the increase in wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. We see the love growing cold, don't we? We see it going, listen friends, you know, I, I remember, I remember, I'm, I, and I've shared this a few years ago, I, rem I remember the first time I heard a curse word on network television. I know, I hate to admit I'm that old. 
It, it, was, it, was, it was, I don't know if you remember MASH, but it was on MASH. It was, it was a great series. It was on MASH. And I remember as a kid, I was like 15, 16 years old, and my jaw almost dropped. And now, it's not safe to turn on the TV, man. Anything made after year 2000 is full of stuff that's literally designed to undermine what we believe as Christians. Seeing it happen. If you move over to 27, um, it says, For uh, as lightning that comes from the east is visible to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, the vultures will gather. Friends, we're getting to the day where Jesus isn't just going to come sneaking in as a rapture. Is that what it says? When he comes the east from the west, everybody will know what's going on. Friends, we've got to realize that because that is not the theology that is being told. And at that time, this is in verse 30, at that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations on earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds in the sky with power and in great glory. And then 31, and he will send his angels with a loud triumphant call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end from heaven to the other. You know that day's coming, right? You know, that's why we're here at Seventh-day Adventist. We know that day is coming. Jesus is talking about his second coming. He's talking about well, what's going to go on in the earth. He's talking about the days that we are seeing today. He knew these days were coming. And then he says in uh, 2436, no one knows about that day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father knows. And then he drops down to 42, therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Friends, we don't know the day, and I always get worried because it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a temptation for some of us to put a day. I will tell you that my Bible teacher in high school, God love him, was convinced that the Lord was going to come in 1984. A whole bunch of my friends got baptized, man, because they knew the Lord was coming in 1984. Well, it's 2023. I want you to know that, that, that my, my father, his father, and my great-grandfather all believed they would see Jesus come in their lifetime. My, my, my grandfather was the most prolific evangelist and planted more churches in South Africa than anybody to date. 
And he preached the second coming of Jesus Christ with such conviction that he would fill churches. And my father has just the memories and my uncles have memories of moving from town to town to town. And once the church was started and established, they would move to the next place. And a church was started and established and moved to the next place. And I will tell you, those were hard times. And they remember living in tin shacks in mining camps in South Africa, trying to survive day by day. They remember going without food as they moved from place to place with their father where the only thing they had to eat for breakfast was bread with a little bit of milk poured on it and that was it. That was their meal for the day because they were out to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. My grandfather had six sons and five of the six of them became pastors. And the youngest, he was still a professor at Southern Adventist University. Wasn't a pastor. Now here we are, my generation, I, I have close to 40 cousins. There are only two of us in church work now. My cousin Mike, he's a pastor in Tucson, Arizona. And then there's me. Just the two of us, man. And when we get together for family reunions, the rich cousins make fun of us. But you know something that my cousin Mike and I both agree with every single day, and we agree on a lot of stuff, is that there's a wedding coming. Friends, there's, there's a, do you believe there's a wedding coming? Friends, do you recognize what that means when Jesus finally, after talking about the end of the world, says, there's a wedding coming? And, 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 and I tell you, it, it's not just like the kind of weddings we have down here in, in the United States. This is an Eastern wedding. Think, well, what does that mean? You know, here we have a wedding and sort of a one-day thing and there's, you know, a, 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 a reception. And if you're lucky, I remember when I was a kid because my dad would drag me to weddings because he would do them and I have to go, well, weddings are terrible for little kids. I just want you to know that that is torture. Uh, that, that's child abuse, actually. Um, and, and I will tell you the weddings that, the only weddings that had any merit to me as a child was if there was a good reception afterwards, right? I mean, and, and so many times I'd go to a wedding, this is a punch and cookies wedding, Daddy, come on, can I go? And sometimes you got a good reception, and, 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 and I, you know, I, I remember when my wife and I got married, man, we had to beg, borrow, and steal, Lord, please forgive us, for, for putting our wedding together. You know, we, we got actually married in the seminary chapel at Andrews University, no, not, not because necessarily the seminary chapel was any more holy than anywhere else, it's because we could get it for free, as, <laughs> as long as we cleaned it when we were done. Okay, and then, the, and then she wangled having our, our reception in the cafeteria at Andrews. Uh, again, not because it was the most wonderful place on earth, but because we could get it for free, and she worked there to help pay her way through tuition, so they kindly let us 
meat there for free. And, and then we had good food, not because we had the money to pay for a bunch of good food, right? It's because, it's because we, we had all of our friends and relatives chip in. It was like a big potluck, okay? okay. And, and the only thing that we paid for, which, which I think we paid for for several months afterwards, was the cake. We had the cake professionally made, and it was amazing, right? From Bitter Swiss in Berrien Spring, and just in, 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 in Buchanan, Michigan. Great, great cake, man. We remembered that. And uh, that was it, but an Eastern wedding. If, if you are ever invited to a wedding of an East Indian family, if you ever have the chance, you, you, you go to a wedding. And a wedding is just not a one-day affair, right? It's not just a one-day thing. A, a wedding is something that you, you will literally go on. A, 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 a poor person will have a wedding that goes on for three days, okay? But if you're really well healed, that, that, that whole wedding and party and everything will go on for five days. It'll be a whole week of eating and hanging out, music and party, and everybody shows up dressed to the nines. Me in my happy little Walmart suit. Lord have mercy, they wouldn't even let me in the door, man. I mean, I'd have to send my measurements out to a seamstress in, 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 in Taiwan or somewhere and have everything made perfectly just for that wedding. And, you know, it's just nice and, and, and hand-stitched Italian shirts. And, you know, then they might let me in the door. See, friends, there's a wedding coming. There's a wedding coming, friends, and, and I, I, will, I will tell you It's something we don't want to miss. It's something we want to be there for. It's something we've got to look forward to. And I will tell you that, that, that in, in, once you get into Matthew 25, you've got the story of ten virgins. Now we know from our Sabbath school study, and if you haven't, guys, this is a Sabbath school, I will tell you. This is a group of lessons that if you didn't have a chance to study them, before they disappear online, go online, print them out, get a copy, and study them. Because I will tell you one of the things that we learned here is there is the, 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 the virgin that is chased by the beast, right? And then there's the harlot who rides the beast. And both of them are churches, right? And we know that, that the virgin church is the one that keeps all of the rules and the law, fo fo follows everything, follows all ten of the commandments, follows the fourth commandment. We can sit here in church with the knowledge that this church, our, our, our foundational beliefs, is that of the pure church who desires to do everything the way God wants us to do it. That's our church. Then there's the other church who, who denies certain aspects of the law. And I will tell you, friends, we're coming to the day where I believe those people will have to join us. And I'll tell you why. Because when you start standing up for the truth, but you're inconsistent in your beliefs, it becomes very hard. And in some areas, I will tell you, they stand up for the truth harder than we do. Okay? But we're getting to the point where we have to be consistent as, as, a high, as, a, as a principal, both in the high school and elementary. I had to make sure that our handbook was consistent when it came to public displays of affection. That it didn't matter what gender you are. There was no hugging, kissing, or holding hands. 
We're living at a time, friends, where we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to be consistent in the way we live our lives because if we're not, we're going to lose the truth that we stand for. And I will tell you, some people will say, well, I wish we could go back to the good old days, but I will tell you, it's time, friends, that we are consistent in what we believe in. That also means we need to be consistent in handing out grace and loving people and showing love and mercy to people. I'm not saying to be merciless, but as far as what we teach and how we behave and what we hold up, friends, we've got to hold up the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, as it is printed in God's Word. Ten virgins. But this is an important message today, especially for people like me, who is part of a three-generational legacy of preaching the truth to people. This is an important word for any of us who have been involved in this church for multiple generations. It says that there was a wedding, there was a wedding feast. It was planned, but the bridegroom was delayed. Stay with me now. So many people are going to say, well, the Lord's been promising to come for, you know, 2,000 and how many years? Why isn't he here yet? Because the bridegroom is delayed and 2,000 years to God is not a long time. For us it is. If you're unlucky, you live to be 95, 96. Slowing down traffic in Walmart while everyone's trying to get around you, Lord have mercy. Oh, come on, you know it's true. Yeah, forgive me, Lord, for saying that. Please forgive me. Okay. Going down right in the middle of the aisle, man. No one can get around you. Just got to be patient. God has been there forever. He has never not been there. A blink of God's eye might take a thousand years. So this is just a, a delay that doesn't mean he's not coming. It doesn't mean he's changed his mind. Listen, there are some insinuations from the papal see that God has changed his mind. He's not coming back again. No, God's coming back. We can see the signs. Jesus predicted how it was going to come, and then later on at the end of the scripture, he allowed his servant John to outline exactly how it was going to happen. He allowed his servant Daniel to outline exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to work out, and we can see the signs of what's going to happen. We can see what's happening and what's going to happen. We can see the beasts of Revelation coming up and falling down and coming back again, friends. Study your Sabbath school lesson. Mark Finley has done us a favor. And that was a huge investment of his personal time to put that together. One man. Usually Sabbath schools are made by, Sabbath school lessons are made by a group of people. One man loving us enough to warn us that the signs are there, that Jesus is coming again as the church, the virgin church. Are we going to be ready? For the wedding, because the wedding's coming. 
The, script, the scripture says that, that, that these, these virgins, they got tired. They were waiting and they got tired and they fell asleep. And what I love about the scripture is there's no condemnation about how tired they got. Okay, we're trying to live our lives. We're trying to survive down here. Friends, my rent in my house is going up almost $500 for next year. Actually in August. I don't know which bank I'm going to have to rob just to pay my rent. I don't know. I, I understand Wells Fargo is the biggest, so that might be where I have to end up. I don't know. Don't know how I'm going to do it. We get caught up in life. We get caught up raising children. We get caught up trying to pay the bills. We get caught up with our work. We get pulled in multiple directions, and spiritually we fall asleep. But I'm telling you, friends, that the wedding is coming, but the Lord understands that until he comes, we've got to try to occupy and survive day by day. There is nothing going on there until... The cry goes out that the bridegroom is arriving and I'm here to tell your friends that that cry is just about if it hasn't been called out yet. We're going to hear that call. We're going to hear that call and they all wake up. They, they, they all wake up and, and, and the scripture says that, that five of them were ready. They had enough oil, that oil representing their relationship with God, that oil representing the Holy Spirit, that oil, they had enough. And, and I will tell you that there's, there, there are different opinions on what their lamps looked like. And some people think that they were just those, those, those little earthen lamps with a tiny little wick that they, they could light and, and that was enough. But, but there are some people, and I like this interpretation a little better, and it might be heresy, but I liked it. And I actually got it from a Seventh-day Adventist source, so hopefully it's correct. That these weren't little lamps, little cute stoneware lamps. These were torches. Now, torches back then weren't like these six million lumen flashlights you can buy that will burn through paper. That's not what, that's not what we're talking about here. There would be a, a stick, maybe a bundle of tightly wound sticks, and on the top they would tightly wrap rags that had been soaked in oil, and then when somebody would come, especially a, a major thing like, li like, like lighting a wedding ceremony, people would light those and hold them up, and so you'd have all of these torches up together lighting the way for, 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 the, for the wedding, and so, you know, they're there with their lamps. Some of them just brought their lamps. Some of them brought their lamps and oil. In fact, they described as the wise and the foolish virgins. Now, how, how many of us, you know, look, 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 look forward to getting married? You know, I mean, that's an exciting thing, right? Marriage is an exciting thing when you find the right person. I will say, however, if your family is bullying you into getting married and you haven't found the right person yet, it's better to stay single than be married to the wrong person, right? But, but to, to be in the right relationship with the right person who's pulling in the right direction, who, who you can pull, pick each other up when you fall down, you know, you know it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and we, we believe in marriage. I mean, you 
you can see it on Facebook, right? I mean, the, these girls are like, are, are, are many times like, if, if you ever, ever watched this evil show, and I'm sorry, but like Smeagol with the precious, you know? You see it on Facebook, holding up their ring, I've got the precious. I'm sorry, I'm, so, I'm sorry if that ruined it for you. It's like, don't do that, man, don't do it. It's, it's, not about, it's not about the ring, it's about the relationship. If you're gonna show the precious, show the sucker that you're getting married to. Or the gentleman, or the fine man, and the same thing, show the beautiful girl you're getting married. It's not about the precious. It's not. It's not about the ring, it's about the relationship. Do you understand me, friends? So many times we put so much of, of, of a value on what we're gonna get, we forget about the who we're gonna get. We put so much focus on getting to heaven that we don't focus on who's gonna get us there. We, we, we've, we know that the day's gonna come. The question is, do you have a relationship with the groom? The scary thing is, friends, we can sit in church every single week doing what's right every single Sabbath. That's what this is about. Jesus is speaking to the Jewish people, showing up to temple all the time, showing up and, 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 and doing the sacrifice all the time, doing all the right things, eating the right foods, even being vegan. You got your lamp, but you don't have any oil. You see, we think for a minute that we're going to make it to the kingdom of heaven if we do all the right stuff, don't we? In fact, it's scary that that's what we teach our children, right? You want to be good, are you going to go to God is not Santa Claus. He is not out there evaluating who's been naughty or nice. It's our relationship with him that saves us. Stay with me now. Stay with me. It's our relationship that saves us. How does that relationship save us? Because if we love him, we will. Keep his commandments. That's how it works, friends. We've got to love him, and then we will keep his commandments because we love him. Listen, my, my, my wife's here, second service. She'll testify when she shows up home on Fridays. We have a lot of tile floors in our house. Before she comes in the door, before she gets home, I've already cleaned all those tile floors on my hands and knees with fabuloso. So when she walks in, the whole house just, you know, just smells wonderful. And the dogs have both been cleaned. We've got these two cute little flea bags. Love them to death, but they stink by the end of the week. They get their Sabbath bath, and they're all clean. They come and see, oh, mommy's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sniff, sniff, sniff. Tail's little wagon. Do you think I enjoy cleaning those floors on my hands and knees? No. But do I love seeing the smile on my wife's face when she walks in the door? It's worth it! Listen, I do all the nasty stuff. When any of those, those huge creatures we, 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 we cutely call cockroaches die in the house, you know, those huge ones, right? The ones that fly, you know? And they're on their backs with their little legs up, right? Does she pick them up or do I? I don't enjoy picking up roaches. 
but I do it because I love her. I don't want her to have to pick up roaches. Don't want her to have to do it. Okay? When she comes home on Friday, I've cleaned the toilets. Now, sometimes she's OCD enough, she cleans them again anytime. That's on her. But when she comes home on Friday, I've cleaned the toilets because I don't want my wife to have to be elbow deep in the toilets. I want to do that. I don't want her to have to do it. I don't like cleaning toilets. Only the weirdest person on earth likes cleaning toilets. But I do it because I love my wife and I want to make her happy. You understand? If you love me, Every Sunday morning, I'm up at 7 o'clock as the sun's coming up so that it's not too bright and not too hot so that I can clean her car. And I don't just give it a clean, I detail her car. It is washed and waxed. The tires are nice and black. The wheels are clean. It is vacuumed inside. It smells beautiful. The, the, the leather is, is, is completely taken care of. Everything is done because I want her to get out of that car and have it so beautifully detailed that if any other man looks at her, they said, no, no, you can't mess with her. She's got a husband. There's no woman who cleans a car like that. I want it to be clear there's a man in her life. And he's a six foot three South African with a black belt and he will put pain on you. Don't mess with her. If you love me, if you love me, friends, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I'm calling on you today to fall in love with Jesus. If you don't feel like keeping his commandments, don't try to keep his commandments. Fall in love with Jesus. Friends, if you're having a hard time with addiction today, don't stop your addiction. Fall in love with Jesus and he will stop your addiction. Friends, you've got to understand that if you're struggling with pornography today, he will take that away if you fall in love with Jesus today. Day. Friends, the falling in love with Jesus yes. is what fills your vat with oil so when the final call comes, you can take your torch and you can dip it into the oil and you can hold it up and you can light it and you can light the way for people to follow. That's what God wants you to do. And so these poor People, these ten foolish virgins who kept all the commandments, that, that's what that means, guys. Friends, you've got to understand that. We can be sitting in the pews today, oh Lord, have mercy. And please forgive me, friends, if this is not a sermon that tickles your ears the way you want to be tickled. I'm not an ear tickler, friends, because I want to see you in the kingdom of heaven. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? I'm not going to sweet talk you into the netherworld. I can't do that. There are people that preach nothing by that, and I won't say I never listen to their sermons because sometimes I'm feeling down. I'll tune in old Joel Olstein, man. He, 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 will, he, will, he will let every, every single sinner unrepentant into the kingdom of heaven by the time he's finished preaching. And sometimes I need that from Joel. I do. I do. Sometimes I'm discouraged. And on XM Radio, there's the Joel Olstein channel. I'm not promoting it. I'm not even going to tell you what number it is, but sometimes I'll just kick in there just to hear 
Joel, tell me I'm okay no matter how evil I am because sometimes I need the, the old dogs go to heaven sermon. Sometimes you've got to hear, sometimes you got to hear it, guys. But we can be sitting in the pews and be thinking, I'm so saved and I've got my life so together and I, I, I pay tithe and I pay offerings. In fact, I pay tithe on my gross income and, and, I, and, I, and I pay all of my offerings and, and, and I donate to, and, I, and I've, I've, ado- I've adopted online 19 children in Somalia and I've got all the stuff going on, so I'm definitely going to the kingdom of heaven. But friends, we can't buy our way into the kingdom of heaven. These girls are running around at the last minute, the, the, these lovely virgins, the, these these pure individuals are running around trying to buy oil. And we can't buy our way into the kingdom of heaven. Can't do it. We are loved. And we love back. And that's what gets us into the kingdom of heaven. That's how it works. That's what brings joy. That's what sets you free spiritually. Because if you love me, out of love for me, you will keep my commandments. So they're going house to house and they're begging and they're pleading and we need this oil, but they're not asking for the oil because they love the groom. They're asking for oil so that they can get to the party. You've got to understand something, friends. That once you fall in love with Jesus, I, I know that, for instance, I'm never going to have enough money to retire. I never will. And so I have already have dibs on the overpass on commercial and I-95. <laughs> and, and, and I already know where I'm going to get a refrigerator box, and that's where I'm going to be. But I will tell you something, friends, that if that's where Jesus is, that's heaven. I'm, I'm telling you, friends, I'm telling you, friends, because so many times we've got this, 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 this grandiose idea of what heaven's going to be, and I think it's going to be beyond what we can possibly understand. But the real reason we want to get there is because we love Jesus. We can't wait to see Jesus. We can't wait to be in his presence. We want to be with his presence. We don't want to miss being in his presence. And so it doesn't matter. We could be in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, Lord have mercy, where people are kidnapping people from the streets and the gangs are in control. But if Jesus is there, Port-au-Prince, Haiti can be heaven. So finally, the, the, the streets are quiet and the wedding feast is going on. And in my mind's eye, and this is why I like to preach it, I get to tell you the way I see it. You know, it's, it's a typical Middle Eastern household, and, and it's like this in South Africa as well. And there's sort of an exterior wall around the house, and, and, and the door that typically goes into the exterior part of the courtyard of the house, it'll have like an iron gate fence in front of it. And some of the homes in South Florida, that way you'll see them. They sort of have like a little entryway, and there's a, a metal gate before you get to the main door. And so they're rattling on the gate, and they're saying, let us in, let us in. You've got to understand, this, this, is, this is straight straight from the story of Noah. Let us in. Let us in. The door's closed. Let us in. We believe. Let us in. We've done everything right. Let us in. You've got to understand, friends, if you get nothing else out of this sermon, we can do everything right. 
We can submit everything the way we think we should. We can believe in our hearts that we are righteous. But the only thing that makes us righteous, get with me here, is our love for Jesus Christ. The only thing that makes us righteous. If you feel you are righteous within yourself, you are lost. You cannot get into heaven outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Cannot get through the door. If you love me, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Oh, friends, I want you all there. As they're at the door, begging to come in, And the bridegroom hears their cry and he opens the door. And it's drier in the Middle East than it is here. And if you've ever lived to a place like that, the, the air in the house is, is moist because of the human beings and the cooking and all those things. And so the beautiful smells and aromas of the cooking, the curry and the cumin and the garlic and the onions come spilling out with the light as the door opens and they can smell the aroma of this incredible, magnificent feast. And the bridegroom comes to the door and they say, let us in. Oh, friends, don't let this be you. Let us in. Oh, friends, don't miss out on the wedding feast. Oh, friends. Let us in. Let us in. And he says, I don't know you. Oh, friends, we want to talk about the fact that the door is always, always going to be open and you can always walk in. But the message of Jesus Christ is the day is coming when the, when the call goes out that you need to be connected with him. Friends, we're not waiting till tomorrow. You gotta understand me, friends. We can't wait till tomorrow. We can't wait till tomorrow. It's gotta be today, friends. We can't say sometime in the future when things are a little bit better, sometimes in the future when I've overcome, sometime in the future where I've done what I feel I need to do. Friends, it's today. I don't want anybody who hears my voice today, whether you're online or sitting here today, to be rattling the door. And being turned away. Because you don't love him enough to keep the oil. Friends, if you're working so hard that you don't have time for Jesus, I'm telling you to change your job. If you allow your life to get so busy that you don't have time for Jesus Christ, cut back. Because the wedding day is coming. Friends, the wedding day is coming. All the signs are there that the wedding day is coming. If you want to be ready for that day, I'm going to invite you to stand. If you want to be ready for that day when the cry goes out, and if you really don't, you can sit down, no judgment, but if you truly, if you truly want to be ready for that day, if you want to be there holding your torch up and say, I love you, Jesus. I'm here for you, Jesus. Please stand with me today.
because God sees you standing here today. He wants you part of that. He sacrificed to make it possible. He gave everything. He gambled heaven so that we can be here today. Father in heaven, you see your people. You see your people standing. May we love you enough to allow you complete control of our lives, lead us, guide us, and take us to your kingdom because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's Seven-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.